And so I want to challenge you to get down with your bad self. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. And my challenge is going to be three things. You could write it down, okay? One, responding to the call of God. Two, becoming a team player. And three, testifying about Jesus Christ. Okay? Are you with me? Now, Ephesians chapter 4, thank God, speaks about what I do for the Lord and for my pastor. Again, thank, I thank the Lord for Pastor Steve Pineda because he grabbed me and my wife. We didn't know what he was doing, but he was training us. The word is disciple. And he would come after us and he would call us and, and he, he would come and visit us and he would invite us to neighborhoods and he would not invite us to cities, jails, and prisons. And at that time, I didn't know what he was doing, but he was discipling. And, and that, along with other things that my wife and I did as home directors and Bible study leaders, her in the nursery, it, it prepared us for the work that God called us to do. And what is the work that God called me to do? I'm a bodybuilder. I help build the body of Christ. My job is, is to help my pastor, Pastor Sonny and Julie, to go all over the world where a pastor will, will allow me and my wife to come in and to share, thus says the Lord. When those pastors open the doors, that's why I love Pastor Stephen. He always, if I mention something, he'll always say, come on down, let's do it. Where others, uh, they're not that enthused to have me. So it makes me feel like, am I getting old? Wow. Does that mean that? Oh, what's the matter with me? Is there something wrong with me? So then when, Stephen invites me, boom, I get in that karate kick. I say, okay, come on, devil, it's on. Wham. So that's why I'm thankful. And so the work that God gave me and my family is to help build the body of Christ. See? And in here, in chapter 4 of Ephesians, in verse 11, it says that God gave to the church. He gave to himself. God gave to himself. He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And the purpose that he gave this to the body is because our job is to equip the saints. Our Bible says perfect. The word perfect means mature. Mature the people. Help the people get mature so that they know what they're doing. And the reason is that it's for the equipping of the saints. It's for you to, to be able to get encouraged so that you will be able to see the vision, so that you will be able to see your call first. Because I don't want to forget this. It's very important. The call is to everyone. 
that is born in this earth. And the reason why it's so important, because the call is to God himself. So no matter if we make you mad, you can't cut out. See? Many people get uptight and they cut out because they could get offended with something. Is that he called you to himself, but where did he want you and I to work our call out? Where did he send you? Where have you come from? Some of you might have been to a few places, but you're here. So God wants you to work out the call that he has given you. The call is a special assignment. The call leads to the purpose of why you and I were born. What he wants us to do for him is very special. Nobody else can do it the way he wants, the way we're going to be able to do it. But he called us to a ministry called Victory Outreach. A ministry that has a vision. We have a special assignment. Our assignment is we got to get killers. It's not an easy assignment, but every gang member has to be a killer. See? So if a church doesn't reach killers, whether they're Oriental, Japanese, Filipinos, uh, uh, Norteños, Sureños, Narcotraficante, whoever they may be in that city, the Klansmen, the, the, the Hells Angels, the Cribs, the Bloods, whoever the gang in that community is, we have been assigned by God to go get them because he loves them and he loves their families. And their families have suffered. Many of their families taught them how to live that life in that crystal meth, cooking that meth. But many of them, their families didn't live that life and they suffered. So both have suffered their kids, their, their cousins, their neighbors in the community suffer because of the life that we lived. And so the Lord says, go get them. I love them. They're mine. And so we have to get, and so that's why I mentioned, do you see them where you live? You see them in Cienland, uh, 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 what's that city? San Leandro? Do you see them in Oakland? You don't? Come on, man. Who said we don't see them in Oakland? Do you see them in Hayward? How about Dakota? We know already, huh? We see them. And so, I'm to help prepare you, saints, for the work of the ministry. See? That's, that's my first thing. Prepare you so that you could do the work of the ministry. And that's why you have to find your place in the local church. The work of the ministry is this, helping people. Very simple. Going out of your way to help your family where you live, help your community, and help people in church. That's, that's simple. But how is it for most of us? We come into church, but do we help anybody? See? We go back to our house and to work. Did we help anybody? Did you help your wife? Did you help your husband? Did you help your kids? And so we have to get back to that. That's, that's what we were taught. 
We were taught that as a ministry. But somehow Christianity gets real good. And, and, and a lot of blessings come. But we, we're not doing the original call. The original call. This ministry was raised up after the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was out there every day reaching, hurting people. And so the leaders, especially the pastors that have come in and they placed you here with Pastor Stevan, you better get down with your bad self. And you better not get churchized. And just take care of yourself and, and, and don't reach people in your community. Because it shows you didn't learn nothing. I speak to myself as well because I know what it is to get churchized. I go through the same thing. And especially with my wife not being well. Taking care of her and going to the store, coming back and I miss three souls. Boom, a month goes by, two months, two years go by. I'm conscious, I'm witnessing here, but I'm not doing it like I'm supposed to. My real assignment from the Lord is to be a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So the first is for the equipment, is preparing the saints so they could do the work of the ministry. And this is how we're going to build the body of Christ. In other words, we're going to build the, the, the youth, the couples, the elders, the, the body of Christ. We're going to build them, encourage them so that they'll help people. Are you with me? Now, the call of God, I'm going to just spend five minutes, it's really important. The call of God is a personal call. He called, Isaiah said that he called him before he was in his mother's womb, and he called them by name. And John in 1 3, he says that, that how beautiful it is that we're called to be the family of God, that he calls us his sons. And the call is to come out of darkness. To come into his light. The call is to come into repentance. And the call is to come into salvation. And so will your family get saved. But the call is described in this manner. These are all scriptures. It's described as a high calling. It is described as a holy calling. It is described as an eternal calling. It's described as a calling into peace, a calling into righteousness. It is a call that God calls us to himself, to know him in a very personal way. And so many people, they somehow don't realize that. And they come to church, but they don't respond to the call. And you know how you can tell? They're not involved. See? When people don't get involved... That doesn't mean they don't love God. It doesn't mean that they don't tithe or, or when they can pay tithes or that they don't love their church. No. What it means is they don't do nothing to train for their calling. Why? Because they haven't responded to the high call. It's not that high to them. It's, it's not that holy to them. It hasn't come to their mind that, that, that the creator of heaven and earth is the one that called us to himself at this time. 
that he's the one that allows us to be born at this time. He's the one that allows us to go through things. He's the one that protected us. And he brought us in to a, a, a mega ministry. We are a mega ministry because we're all over the world. And not too many people do what we do. They're, they're crazy enough to go into places where you have to get permission from the Godfathers to get into those cities. You have to have permission. If they don't give you permission, they'll take you out. But because they love the pastors, they don't take us out. I'm still alive 38 years. See? But look at how great it makes you feel. You're able to say, I'm Jesus, man. I'm Jesus' woman. What are you into? I'm into Jesus. What were you into before? Homosexuality. What were you into? Lesbianism. What were you into? Gang banging. What were you into? Selling dope. And then now you're able to say, what are you into now? I'm into Jesus. Uh, what, what, what are you doing with your life? Oh, my life is all about knowing my Savior. I'm, I'm, I'm on Happy Boulevard. Yes. I'm on, I'm, I'm on the pathway of righteousness. What are you doing with your life now? Oh, I'm a planter. I plant seeds of the word of God in different places where I go. <coughs> and people respond and give their lives to Jesus Christ. And so that is a beautiful description of scripture that will make you and I like say, man, I didn't realize that the, that the creator, he called me to do something for him. Why am I saying this? It's important because it leads to your purpose. See, if I wouldn't have, uh, if I wouldn't have made a response when I first got saved, I wouldn't have the privilege to go all over the world to build people. Imagine, I wouldn't have had the privilege to go to the jails, to go to the streets, to go where 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 that ch local church is at. I don't feel good when I come to a pioneering church and they only have a few people, and they call me to preach in the, in the pulpit. It's not that I don't like preaching in the pulpit, and they only have a few people. I feel like telling the pastor, I say, cancel the service, and let's have it on the bricks. Tell everybody that we're going to have the service on that empty lot that's full of cans over there by the projects, and, and have them go get some chairs, and, and let's, let's have a, an old-time revival. Because you know that if the church is small or it stays the same number, it means that the people haven't gotten that vision to help their pastor. Why? Because they haven't responded to the call of God. See? Chito. That's why you were sweating. The call of God is still on, my man. Yes, it's on strong. Oh, it's on strong. The high call of God. Yes. And you know what? You're in the right place with Stefan. That's where I want you to be. I want you to be here with him. Okay? And you keep just doing what you're doing because the call of God is, Hi, Chito. They're going to listen to you. Those guys, they're going to pay attention to what you tell them. And the power of God is going to be on you. You Don't worry about uh, using discipline. And I wonder if I can do it again this time. No, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. 
the spirit of the living God is going to come upon you in a special moment that you're going to come and you're going to come and, and work it out with your father. And you're going to say, Lord, I want my calling. No matter what, even if I only have two days to live, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. I don't want to waste no time because I'm still young and I want to use my life for you. Do you understand that? That high call. Now, when I make the altar call, I want you to be thinking, what is it that God uh, is going to want me to do, to train? See? And the reason why I want to bring that out second is because our ministry has been in teams, concept, since I was with my pastor. Pastor Sonny trained us in teams. And so now, because he wants his vision to continue, he wants the pastors to help each other. And by preparing people and reaching people and helping people get to their calling, so that that way when the time comes that we're needed, that they can just say to the multi-regional, give me 25. And all of a sudden, boom, you're there already a piano player. Uh, someone that likes evangelism, somebody that's good at money, probably an armed robber, a petty theft, a burglar, S somebody that was a ladies' man but is trusted as an usher. See? Somebody that's holy, but before he was unholy, she was unholy. And, and all of a sudden you're picked for that, that work, and so is your family. Now, second, the, the, that First point is the call. Second point is the team concept. Now, many people don't know this. And, and uh, the first team that we're involved in is the team with God. Many people don't realize that. Because when you become a Christian, all of a sudden, you have to learn how to read your Bible and pray. That takes somebody helping you to learn. See? Somebody in the church has to help you to learn that. And so... As they help you and they get you started, then you're, you learn how to read it, and then you start learning how to read it more often. And you start learning how to understand what it's saying and how to look up things and how, who to ask. So what it does to you is that you join the team, and guess whose team you're on? The first team that you and I are on the high God, Jehovah God. Also in the same team is his son, Jesus Christ, who died upon the cross at Calvary for us, that sits at the right hand of the Father. The third member of the team is the Holy Ghost, who lives inside of me and you, who will guide us and lead us and explain things to us and show us when we're not doing right or show us what, what God wants us to do. The fourth member of the team is the powerful word of God. The word of God that is sharper than a two-edged sword. That word of God is able to go anywhere, into jail, into communist countries. No one can stop the power of the word of God. For that word of God it comes by faith and faith by hearing it, reading it. And the fifth member of your team is the heavenly host. That includes the angels. 
the heavenly host. Isn't that beautiful? That when I go to sleep, I say, Art taught me this. Art Blajos, the, the, the Mexican, the ex-Mexican assassin for the Mexican mafia. Art Blajos, he taught me this. He said, Mando, when I go to sleep, he says, I tell the Lord, Lord, take care of the world. I'm going to sleep. So I took it beyond. I said, good night, Father. Good night, Jesus. Good night, Holy Spirit. Good night, Word of God. Good night, uh, heavenly host. Because in the heavenly host, it includes your angel. The angel that you and I have assigned that takes care of us. Now look at the second team that when somebody responds, is getting ready to respond to this mighty call. The second team is this. It's where you live. Who do you live with? Like the guys, where's the guys in the home? Where's the guys in the home? That's your team. Okay? That's your team until you get home. That's your team. So the second team is where you live. And what's going to take place there is you're going to learn. You're going to learn how to be a team player. You're going to learn how to yield. You're going to learn how to hear instruction. So at home, where you live, your wife is part of your team. Your husband is in your team. Your kids are in your team, whether they're saved or not. Doesn't matter that if they're not saved in your house or your uncle's not saved or your grandma's not saved, they're part of the team in there. God's going to use them to show you how to be Christ-like. He's going to give them to you as a challenge. A challenge is an invitation to get down with your bad self. It's a challenge to a fight. It's a challenge to do something that's going to require a lot of attention. And so that second team will give you practice. The first one gives you practice to learn about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and, all, and everything I mentioned, to learn how to apply those things to your wife, to your husband, to, your, to those that live with you, whoever they may be. It's there where we learn to, to be kind and we learn to take care of them. Because remember, what did I say the work of the ministry is? Helping people. See, anything that has to do with helping people, whether you work in the office and you type, all of that has to do with helping people. Making forms, making phone calls, that, is, that has to do with the work of the ministry. Anything that has to do with, with your household, your chores, your finances, all of those things, tithing, it's, the, it's that place where you learn to be a team member, where you learn how to help your little, your little guys. We had to learn how to help our boys. I would tell them, you can't have a girlfriend till you're 16. But dad, I like this girl. How old are you, 14? No, you can't. You, 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 you better take care of her. She's somebody's daughter. She's anointed. You better not violate her. Uh, you, you can't. And the next thing you know, there I am taking them for a cruise. <laughs> and I said, I don't want nobody, I want to see some light back there. <laughs> Why? Because I had to learn 
how to invite their friends to the house. I didn't want them to go to anybody's house. I don't know how they live. And so by doing that, the girl that my boy liked, 20 years later, he just married her four years ago. See? At the age of, he's 37 now. But imagine they liked each other, little kids in, in the church, and he had a few girlfriends, both, all three of them. But I had to learn how to make them a team member. Why? Because I was looking at their call, that they were going to have a call of God. They're called by God to do something special. So as a father, I had to learn the ways of the Jews, the ways of the Hebrews. You learn to take care of them and, and put into them and, and learn how to provide for them and, and, and learn the wisdom of God and how to help them so that that way they're not turned off completely towards God. But yet we don't let them abuse us and take advantage of us. See? And so my second team were down to me and my wife and my dog Molly. And recently, our boy asked us to move in with him because his wife passed away. My boy had a real nice wife that sang real good. She had cancer, and she died fast. Overall cancer. Fast, she died. Such a pretty girl. So he asked us about eight months later, after she passed away, Dad, will you move in with me and Vanessa? Because we need family. We just go to our rooms when we come back from preaching or when she comes back from work. She misses her mom, and, and we're, we're not hardly, like, talking or, or anything like that. He said, would you come in? And we had a nice apartment, my wife and I. And then she was ready to go. What? You're ready to go? Come on. So she had to bring me to my senses. Okay, let's go. Drop it. Drop our apartment and go in there and live with our boy and our granddaughter. So it, we did that in July, and I'm already in the month of February. Why? Because we're a team. See? You're a team. God will show you what to do. Doesn't mean you have to do what I did. No. He's going to show you how to help the people that are part of your team. See? Because they're not serving God. You're not going to give them 10 bucks to get uh, 30 bucks to get their license. See, a lot of people, they're Christians, but you've got to go get your own money. When you're 18, you're out of here. I say, how come she's got to be out? Well, she came home with a hickey. Came home with a hickey, is that a felony? How many hickeys did you get, and how old were you? I have to tell her mom, see? But because the daughter didn't go the way of the family or the dad, even if they're that bad, even if the cops are coming and knocking the doors down, God will show you what to do at that time. He will not allow your peace to be jeopardized. Even if the gangs are coming and shooting your house because your son or your daughter are in gangs, when the time comes, God will say, that's enough. They'll have to move on. But you still got them in prayer. See? Are you with me? <coughs> Now, the third team, very important. After you make the altar call, you ask God, Lord, where do you want me to start? And so the first team is going to be the team that's going to help you. 
It's a ministry in the church. It could be somebody that's an expert at helping somebody that, that, and, and helping somebody grieve at a loss of a loved one. Because I don't know what your need is, but the first team that you're going to be part of is they're going to meet your needs. Your needs and my needs have to be met. If we don't let people meet our needs, then we will be proud. And eventually we won't come back again to church. Why? Because we didn't let nobody meet our needs, the needs that we have. What are the needs that you have? Somebody has to meet those needs. It could be marriage problems. It could be teenagers, youth. It could be a pornography, gangs, uh, not communicating well with your spouse, uh, having, having uh, 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 what do you call it, the Brady Bunch, his, hers, and ours. So you could have that type of a family, and all of a sudden you treat his like no good when he goes to work, and your kids get McDonald's, and his kids get much. But as soon as he surprises you that he's coming, you order hamburgers for the whole house. So what does that make you? Evil. Wicked. See? It's a spirit that'll go on those kids and it'll rule in that house. See? And, and you won't have been preparing the kids. When you married that man, you married into his children, you married into his exes, they're not all in Texas. When you married that woman, you married into her egg, her Sancho. You married into the guys that she lived with, that she has kids with, because those kids are going to have to come and visit their mom or come and visit their dad or ask for money. But if you're like the Cinderella, that witch, or a man to those kids, those kids didn't do nothing. Those are our next kids that are up. They're in the bullpen. Those are the ones that are going to take the world for Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those kids are going to be the musicians. Those little guys are going to be the teachers. They're going to be those that, that witness. They're going to be the trainers of our ministry. They're going to be the musicians. They're going to be those sharp kids that are good at computer, at writing stories and making movies and working in the industry. And then those are the ones that are going to help us do our dramas and put them on, on, on the industry, the movie industry, so that the whole world could see the answer, Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So the first team is very important because... It's that team is when you speak to God and you speak to the leadership, is you, is that's where you, you tell them, you know, I've responded to the call and these are my needs. I have these needs. I, I'm, this, this is my need. These are my needs. And so that leader there with his team will figure a way and then the next thing you know, they'll help you. And then pretty soon, you're going to be in there reading your Bible you're going to learn how to pray. You're going to learn how to, how to interpret what you're reading. You're going to learn how to apply it. You're going to learn. I used to be a Mexican. You probably don't believe in our brother. I'm black. Eh? 
Why? Because I like the way B.B. King sings. Lou Rawls. I like the temptations. I like the way they sing. So we got to hold it down till they come in. Smokey Robinson. We like the Mariah Carey's. And so the girls that are here holding it down for J-Lo and Beyonce, keep it going. They're going to come in and not, and soon. And so I had to learn not to stay a Mexican because the ministry wasn't made for Mexicans. It was made for people of all walks of life that come from gangs, drugs, and their families. And so because I didn't know that it was going to be a worldwide ministry is when I learned that I had to be Christ-like is how I was able to relate when I went with the gospel to Caracas, Venezuela. It's how I learned to be out there in the church and the streets in, in Brazil. It's how I learned to be able to be over there in, in, uh, in Bogota, Colombia and go to Mexico City and, and meet the cartel in Culiacan, Mexico. I met the cartel, one of the godfathers. Got to pray for him. It's, it's where I learned to, to minister and meet the most wanted terrorists in Ireland. 25 years of blowing people up. I got to meet him in Ireland. They had to let him out of jail because they had a law, political law. And if he was a political person, they had to let him out. And who did he come to church? And who did he see? Me. And he says, can I come and see you? I was at the home 10 days preaching. He came. We had lunch, and the cops were watching him because he was a known terrorist. But look at, why am I saying that? Because look at everybody you know. Look at who's in your family. Look at who you're going to be able to reach out to. Look at your neighbors. You know when your neighbor makes you scared? Start praying for them until you get boldness to witness to them. The hell's angels might move next to you. Or the Ku Klux Klan may move right across the street. What we have to do, we don't move out. We, we don't die. Like the black brother said, we multiply. See? No, we get into prayer. We come against the powers of the enemy. We get together with our team, with the father, the team that were involved in the church. And we begin to let that Holy Spirit come upon us. And then he'll give us a plan. So the team that you're involved, that you will find, is going to be your family. It's, it's how you're going to learn how to get along with people. It's, it's how you're going to learn to plan. It's how you're going to learn to be a team player. It's how you're going to learn how to care for people, how to love, how to go out of your way. In that team, you're going to learn how to use your, your gifts, your intelligence, and so forth. Now, I want to get ready to close. Okay? Third point. Are you getting the picture? Yeah. While we're involved in our team, and you're going to work, <coughs> and you have your family, and you're practicing what you're learning from the Word of God with your wife, your husband at home, and then you also practice this at church. Everything that I'm talking about, the work of the ministry, caring for people, 
has to be not only practiced at home, but it has to be practiced at church. That when you come to church and you see somebody and you don't know them, that you go out of your way to say hello because their need is this if they're new. They want somebody to recognize them. They want somebody to pay attention to them. They, so they want somebody to befriend them. They want somebody to listen to them, who they are. They want to they be included in something. They want to be part of what they've heard. And so us as, as people that were involved in our teams and we see somebody come new or come to the altar or they leave or at the parking lot, we go out of our way to, to make a friendship. Why are we going to make a friendship? Like I told the couples, for one purpose, to develop a relationship so that we can spot their needs. We want to see what their need is. We don't just want to make friends with them just to be friends. No, we're going to make friends. We're going to be wise, but we want to see what's their need. What brought them to church? What is it that, 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 that they need help on? And then once we learn to spot those needs and we allow the people, we ask them, we say, will you allow me and my team to help you? Or is this your need? And they'll say, yeah, that's my need. No, that's not my real need. But the main need is this. Oh, okay. But will you allow me and my team to help you? You and I may not know at that time how to meet everybody's need or particular needs, but you're part of a team. You're part of the body of Christ. There's experts in here. The pastors that are here are experts. In the work of the ministry, they're good. The wives, their kids, they know how to do things. There's people here that have been here 20, 30 years. They're experts at something good. You got to get to know them. They're not just looking good. They're not just looking pretty. They are experts in something. You got to find out what they're good at so that you could know your resources. And then you'll know where to send people to get help. Okay? When you want to know a little bit about Elvis Presley, where do you go? Huh? You want to know, like, how does a guy stay young? You go to, you say, what do you do to stay slim and trim, good looking and healthy? And then he'll tell you. See? Now, to close. The third part of that is that this has to be practiced in your community. This is the, the, everything that I mentioned that you do at home and at church, it has to be practiced in the community because it's the only way that we're going to bring people in to come on the bark. It's how your cousins are going to come from Concord. It's how your, your in-laws are going to come from Oakland. It's how your family is going to come from Daly City. It's how your levels are going to come from the mission area from Antioch, from Pittsburgh, because we have churches there. Do you think that they're just going to go to that church because we're Victory Outreach? No, you know where they're going to go? They're going to go to the one that's been planting the seed, the one that's been showing kindness, consistency, and wisdom, and visiting them and waiting. And so when they get ready, they're going to come from San Jose. They're going to come from, from Milpitas, Milpitas, excuse me. 
They're going to come from all those places, Fremont. Now, the pastors, they're not going to get mad when I'm saying this because there's going to be people here that are going to want to go to Fremont. Why? Because their cousins are over there or they ran into somebody that works there. We're not worried about that. It's we're extended. We already made the decision to be the church of the heart of the bay. There's no turning back. We cannot come back and say, wait a minute, did we bite too much? No, because where do you live? That's where we're biting for. Where is, where's your community at? What is the borderline of your city? What is your city known for? Uh, do you see any people that have needs? Is there any young girls out there that maybe they're not married, but they have kids? Do you see problems in the high school or the junior high? Is there people on motorcycles? Is there cribs and bloods out there? Is there gang members in your community? Is there low riding? What do you see at the, at the markets when you go to Walmart and you go to Target? How does the community look? See? That's why we practice. We have to practice. You got to practice that. Yesterday, I'm closing with this. I went to go enjoy myself with couples for Valentine's. And all of a sudden, I got out of my car, and the pastor is witnessing to a guy that was homeless. And I'm thinking about eating, and he's on his job. And I'm saying, I got to join him. So I go over there and I'm listening. There's somebody that he met six months ago, homeless. And the guy was homeless again. Imagine. He stood there a good while talking to him. Do you want to? I'll send some, I'll get somebody to come and take you. Come on, think about it. Are you ready to go? Come on, look, how long has it been since I've seen you? I'll take you right now, myself. And the guy didn't know. He said, I'll send somebody. He says, as a matter of fact, here comes the guy I was going to send for, our home director. So what does it show? His dad was that way. He's the one that took me to learn this. He would take us out to the streets to witness all the time, no matter where we went to. So inside his son, the son has the same DNA of Jesus. It's a DNA that you only get if you have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the only one that could give us that compassion, love to reach out to other people, to have a burden for other people that are hurting and their families. You would be surprised how many people that are here right now that they would want us to go pray for their loved ones. Yeah, you would be surprised how many people are here right now that their families are facing serious sickness in a hospital. Or someone just passed away and, and, and they're waiting for a visit. That if somebody would go visit them and just to drink a, a, a cup of tea or would go pray for their grandma or write a letter to their loved one in jail. We were trained this way. We think this way. Not everybody thinks this way, so we're trying to bring how Jesus thinks back into the church. I'm not saying that nobody thinks that way, no. What I'm saying is that people have not responded to the call of God, and because they have not responded to the call of God properly, they're not in that team. 
with the, the first team and they're not exercising and they're not practicing with their team at home and they haven't responded to find a team in the church to train. And with this I close. Revelations 1-2. John was busted for three felonies. Three, three crimes. He was, he was indicted for three counts. Revelations 1-2. God gave the revelation of Jesus Christ to John the Apostle through an angel. And as he writes it, he says that. But in 1-2 he says that he was in the island of Patmos. He was doing a lot of time. He was an old man. And he says that his first, his first crime that he committed, I mean that he got caught for, it wasn't the first time he did it. He says that he was in there for the testimony of the word of God. Do you and I give the testimony of the word of God daily? How many times a week do we give the testimony of the word of God? You know what that means? That means that you bring out a scripture and you give a scripture to somebody. And while you're bringing out that scripture, you're testifying about God's word. What God's word is able to do in people's lives. This is how you bring a word and you say, the word of God says that he's a healer. The word of God says that he died at the cross at Calvary, but he rose again on the third day as the Holy Scriptures and the prophets prophesied that he would. It's the word of God is that he is hope to the hopeless. He's able to do impossible things. What man can do, God specializes in doing. The word. See, that's what he was busted for, for sharing the word. The second indictment was he testified about Jesus. That means that every day he experienced something beautiful and he told somebody Jesus' testimony. He would say like this, oh, how am I doing? The girls in the bank ask me all the time, how you doing, uh, Mr. Gonzalez? I said, come on, you guys ask me all the time. You know how I'm doing? My friends were bank robbers. The friends that I knew, they went from robbing stores and markets to robbing banks, federal banks. Now, do you want to know how I'm doing? 38 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. You say, how's your day going? My day has been going good. Even no matter what comes my way, what can happen to me when I have God for me? He will get me through it. See? That's what that means. It means you testify to people what Jesus is doing in your life. Do you do that? If not, start. Or if not, why? See, a lot of times people don't do it because they don't read their Bible. The third thing that he was busted for is that he told everything that he knew. Everything that he learned, everything that he knew, they busted him for it. 
In other words, he was talking about what he heard about the old preachers and that it, what he learned in the Old Testament and how it came to be, how the, how the prophets prophesied about Jesus Christ and that he knew Jesus and that he was with him and that he was his disciple and that he saw blind eyes open and that he saw people get touched and the miraculous move of God and that he saw revivals. So he talked about what he saw. God wants you and I to talk about what we've seen all our life, all our life, and what we know as Christians. Okay? Are you ready? Let's stand. Those of you that will say, Brother Mundo, I want to respond to my call. And I want to tell people about the Word of God, Jesus, and what I've seen. That's my first call. Those that will say, I want you to think about it. You're ready to respond to the call, and you're going to find your place to help, to belong. I'll wait for you, just softly like that, because we got to wait for them until it sinks in a little bit more. So go ahead and talk to each other. I'll wait for you, okay? Husbands, wives, this is how you know if you have to make the decision. Are you involved in helping the church? Do you usher? Are you involved in a ministry of the church right now? If you're not, or if you're new, or you want to start over right, you haven't been able to get going, but you want to start right. You're not involved. You don't help. That's how you know. If you help, and you're already in the ministry, then after, you're going to help me pray for them. Okay? But we'll wait. Who needs to respond to that call of God. Okay. It may be for salvation. It may be for deliverance. Yeah, that's the general call. It may be that. You may need a touch. But what I'm saying is that who is not involved? Who's not training for their calling? Who hasn't come in to be part of a team in the church. And you're not, as a member of the body of Christ, you're, you just come to church and you go home. Okay? I'll wait for you. Go ahead and talk to each other. Okay? Daughters, husband, wives, talk to each other. So I'm going to wait for you. This is a time where the wife says, honey, I don't want to do it this way. I, I want to I prepare for my calling. The husband would say, well, I'm not ready. Or uh, She's going to say, well, I'm going to go up there. If you don't, it's, it's, I want to I wanna get to my purpose. I want my family. I want my kids. I want my grandchildren to inherit what God is able to give us. You made my day. Yes. Yes. And you can talk to him about why, why you're coming. See? Yes. 
Yeah, you, you bless me. This, this girl with a red hair, thank you. Thank you for coming. Okay? Thank you. Yes. Yes. I've seen uh, couples come that weren't married. Or even they come of the same gender. Girls, boys. They've come. And when they come, wham, the Lord speaks to them personal. It's a personal call. That's why I was proud of this couple because they came and they weren't going to make a move. How about this family right there? The little guys. Who do you belong to? Yeah. Who do you guys belong to? See, the call of God is to, is to you also. Yes. Yeah, how you can tell if God wants you to come is you'll feel it in here. See? Even as you're sitting down and thinking about it. You may have another need. Your need may be healing. You can come at this time for that. It may be you may have a need for salvation. I want you to come. You may have a need because somebody in your family talk about it. Okay? You guys, have you responded yet to the call of God? Huh? Not yet? But talk about it so you could see. So you could see. Come on, you got to talk about it so you can get started right. My wife and I talked about it 38 years ago. But look at what it's done. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'll wait. Yes. Even the young girls that are there, the call of God. Yes. The call of God. Yes. It's a time to talk about it. Yes, that mighty call. Now, those of you that have responded to the call of God, I want you to come and help me pray. Thank you for coming, huh? Thank you for coming. See, a lot of times, we just need time and somebody to explain to us. What is it that they're coming to? They're coming to respond to God. To say, God, I want my calling. I want to make what you call me to do, my purpose, I want it. And I'm willing to find my place in the body so that I could learn to let people help me and to be part of a team that helps other people. And we're still waiting. Take your time. Okay? I want you to talk about it. I don't want you to think. I'm not convincing people to come. I'm just helping them. Come on, Papa. Those of you that have already responded to the call, come and help me pray. If there's any people here that you're in a team already, you're involved in helping in one of the ministries, help me pray. Come. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you for the high call. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The rest, the rest can sit down. With all confidence, go ahead.